podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. everybody and welcome to the cop table podcast where tonight we are previewing the manchester city versus liverpool game this coming thursday evening at the etihad stadium joining me for the manchester city side once again we have joe doherty joe's been a regular with us on the cop table over the past uh, few seasons and uh, pleasure to have you with us again joe pleasure to be back pete thank you very much and also with me once again is Jay Riley. You can get Jay on Twitter at the Cop HQ. You can follow him on there. Regular with us on the Cop Table. So, how are you doing, Jay? Now that that we're finally over the line, we can call ourselves champions. So, yeah, how are you feeling? Just absolutely fantastic. You know, it's been a long, hard thirty years, hasn't it? We've had to wait for this moment, and it was just a bit of a strange way it came about. How much would have preferred to have won it on the pitch, but you know, it doesn't really matter now, does it? Because, you know, as soon as that game was over on, on last Thursday, you know, the scenes were just unbelievable and the feeling was great satisfaction, really. Waited so long for this moment and, you know, it, for a couple of days we, we all had a party, didn't we? And, you know, there's, there's more to come and, you know, we just can't wait for it all. Yeah, we got the, uh, we got a lot more celebrating to do uh, during the the next few months and once everything gets back to normal like you say we can we can celebrate properly as uh, as fans of the club together so first of all going to start off with you Jay we're going to have a little look back at the the Crystal Palace game our our predictions in the in the preview pod that we done was uh, was far from the truth wasn't the and I'm glad we both said that we, we didn't want to be right and we both predicted draws and come away with a with a four nil victory. Uh, it was a it was a very, very good performance, I thought. And Crystal Palace didn't get a get a touch in, in the Liverpool penalty box by all accounts. And uh, we just it, it was a stroll in the end where with like I say a four nil victory and just give us your thoughts on the, the game at Anfield last week, Jay, against Crystal Palace. Well, yeah, ordinarily going into a game at home against any team, really, you would predict Liverpool to win the game. And, 
you know, the same would be the case for, against Crystal Palace without a shadow of a doubt and you know comfortable but you know Liverpool really did struggle in the game against Everton and they just didn't really seem prepared I didn't think and it sort of like put me off a little bit it knocked me confidence going into the game against Palace because we all know what Crystal Palace are like they're a big powerful physical athletic side aren't they and you know they do tend to cause us a few problems and at one stage, they had a little bit of an Indian sign over us and they were also the last team to win a Premier League game at Anfield, which was in April 2017, such a long time ago, over three years ago. And I didn't think we'd lose the game to them, but I just had a little feeling it could have been really close and we might have dropped points and dragged this title success on a little bit. But no, we, we were totally wrong with our predictions, being overcautious really, and Liverpool were absolutely fantastic, weren't they? I mean, it was arguably one of our best performances of the season, really. We were totally dominant from start to finish, and some fantastic goals as well. I mean, Trent Alexander-Arnold, we all know what he's about, he's, he, he's a fantastic talent, such a young age, but it chips in with, with an unbelievable amount of assists, but it's not just that, you know, he, he's brilliant from set pieces, free kick taker, and you know, he scores a few goals as well, and what a fantastic goal, it was likened to a David Beckham free kick, and that's exactly what it was really, it was, it was reminiscent of, of Beckham from 20 odd years ago, and you know, absolutely fantastic, you know, to, to, to put Liverpool in front in the game. And we never looked back, did we, really? The second goal was the killer, really, but fantastic by Fabinho. Lovely ball to Salah, who, who took it in a stride and slotted it home. And Liverpool were in cruise control, really. Three points were in the bag. Second half was just a matter of how many Liverpool were going to score. And Fabinho scored an absolute wonder goal very similar to the goal he scored, actually, ironically, against Manchester City at Anfield, which was at the other end in the Anfield Road. And this time, it was in an empty cop, but, you know, fantastic strike by the Brazilian. And then Liverpool made it four, didn't they, late on? A, a wonderful move, really. Great ball by Mo Salah. Sadio Mane ran onto it in the channel, as he does, coming in from that left-hand side and just slotted it in the far corner. Fantastic strike. And as I say, all four goals were superb and a fantastic display of football by Liverpool. And dare I say it, that was, you know, a team of champions, really. And, you know, as much as I said before that I would have preferred Liverpool to win the league on the pitch in a game that actually, you know, meant something more in terms of maybe going to City and getting a point or getting a victory on Thursday, you know, that was probably the next best thing, really, wasn't it? Because it was a fantastic performance. Make no mistake, we were absolutely outstanding. And people say about crowds, Liverpool, uh, you know, we, we'll miss our crowd because obviously, you know, the atmosphere at Anfield can be brilliant at times and we do act as the 12th man as well. But, you know, you wouldn't have thought Liverpool had no fans there, would you, last, last Wednesday? The performance was outstanding and, like I say, brilliant the next night when Manchester City went to Chelsea and lost that game and Liverpool ended up becoming champions. But the game against Crystal Palace, Liverpool are absolutely outstanding. You know, for that to be our last game before we actually become champions was was fantastic, really. Yeah, spot on. Cheers, Jay. OK, then, over to yourself then, Joe. And um, just give us your thoughts on the, the season that Manchester City have. Obviously, we're not going to rub things in too much, but they are 20, I think it's 23 points clear. Uh, points Liverpool are clear of, of Manchester City at, the, at this current time. So what's been the difference in Manchester City from, from last season uh, compared to this season, Joe? What, why haven't they been able to keep up to, up to, uh, up 
with the tails of Liverpool? I don't know. It's kind of been quite difficult to put a finger on it, really, because there have been some games this season where we've played just like we would have done in the last two seasons. Um, you know, you look at how we've played in both games against Arsenal. We've had a we've had that five nil against Burnley. We beat Watford eight nil at the start of the season. Some really really good performances, and obviously in other competitions we've had more of them. We just have dropped so many stupid points this season. It's been unbearable. I mean, I'm not going to do the whole blaming someone else. We've got, we're our own worst enemy at times, really. If I had to put my finger on one reason why this season's not been the same, though, I've got to put it on uh, Vincent Company leaving and us not replacing him. Um, you know, there was a bit of fear around the club when he left. Um, and Guardiola was saying he wasn't going to replace him. You know, we had Laporte, Otamendi, John Stones, and... Uh, and if we needed to, Fernandinho can fill at the back. You know, that doesn't fill you with a great deal of confidence. But what I didn't quite, well, not didn't quite realise, what I guess I've taken for granted for years is that he he was one of the top Premier League captains. You know, it, for me, he's up there with your John Terry's and your Steven Gerrard's. And David Silva, as much as I love the guy, does not have, he's not a leader on the pitch and that has really cost us at times this season you compare it to last season where you know we're, we're, we were quite a bit behind you at one point last season as well don't forget and company comes back into the side drags us over the line scores that goal against Leicester I just don't feel like we've got anyone in that side this season unlike you guys with Henderson who's obviously had a really good season and that's cost us a lot of points at times I, I, there are so many games we've lost this season where with someone like Vincent Company in the side, we're just not allowed to do that. Yeah, like you say, he's he's been a big loss, hasn't he, uh, Vincent Company? And and this summer, David Silva's another one who who's going to be uh, leaving the club. So during the past um, 12, 18 months, you'll you'll have lost your, your two captains basically, won't you, Company and and Silva? And it looks like uh, Leroy Sane's another one who, who's going to be. Um, moving away from, from the Etihad had in, in the summer. So um, do you see Pep Guardiola doing much business in the transfer window this summer, John? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, uh, David Silver going is, is a loss in the, he's probably my favourite City player of all time. It's, I'm, I'm gutted I won't be able to be at his last match. But in terms of his leadership, I'm, I'm not too sure it'll be that big a miss. I think we can give the armband to someone more suitable at the club. Uh, Sane, um, Obviously, this it's kind of felt like we've not had him anyway this season because he's been injured. I mean, I guess it's you guys will be happy to see the back of him. Um, but uh, no, I'm not. He's, he seems to have a bit of an attitude problem. Um, I just think City, we can't have another season like this where, you know, fair play to you guys. You've played very well this season. You deserve the title. No argument with that. But we haven't challenged you enough. We shouldn't be 20 points behind you. And that is our own fault. And we need to... You know, we don't need to replace everyone. I think that Silver can be replaced from within by Phil Foden. But we do need to go out and buy one or two, certainly in defence and perhaps in midfield as well, just some leaders in the side so that if a game's not going our way, they grab it by the scruff of the neck and get it moving again, not, you know, limply conceding defeat as soon as we go a goal down. Great stuff. Cheers, Joe. OK, then, Joe. Similar one for yourself. I know we've, we have spoke about uh, the Liverpool potential transfers for the summer and things like that, but it, it's, it's been spoken about a lot of the, the players who are now on, on the fringes of the first team, the likes of Jones, Elliot and, and Williams, are, are going to be given a lot more, more game time. 
next season, um, possibly Ryan Brewster as well, Kiana Hoover. So with these players coming up into the first first team squad, uh, you're likely to see Jurgen Klopp doing very little business in this transfer window, or do you see him maybe just slightly to bring bringing in one or two just to just to bring in that little bit more experience for for the squad? I'll just see this one and, um, pl- playing out in the summer, Jay. I think basically we already know our answer to that, don't we? Because of the pandemic, it's clearly affected Liverpool financially quite badly, really. And yeah, you know, I know Liverpool have recorded unbelievable profits over the last couple of seasons, being to two European Cup finals and now won the Premier League as well. But, you know, the facts are Liverpool are run by FSG and it's like a business, isn't it, really? And, you know, they just we are a self-sufficiently run club and, you know, we've got quite big overheads. And what you'll find is we got massive bonuses, really, for winning the Champions League last season. The players will probably get massive bonuses for winning the Premier League as well. And, you know, there's new contracts on the table for the likes of Alisson Becker, Virgil van Dijk, Jeannie Wijnaldum. So, you know, that's on top of the, the new deals that were signed over the last 12 months for, you know, obviously the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold, James Milner, also Jordan Henderson as well. So, you know, when you when you think about it, Liverpool, it's... we just, let, Let's get one thing straight here. Liverpool are uh, 23 points clear at the top of the Premier League table. We've absolutely blitzed this league. There's no massive need for Liverpool to, to make major surgery to this group of players, this squad, because we've proved for the last couple of seasons this is a fantastic squad, fantastic group of players. Now, look, I know there's the old saying of when you're on the top, you need to, from a position of strength, you should you know, strengthen by bringing one or two in. You know, Fergie used to do it all over the years at Manchester United. He'd always keep the players on their toes. But I just think all things considered the way it is, Liverpool are not going to be dipping into the transfer market. They might get a couple of low-value deals, one or two of them. I do think we could do it getting maybe a left-back backup option for, for Andy Robertson because it was quite evident, wasn't it, in the in the Derby game against Everton when Robertson was unfortunately unavailable for the game through injury. James Milner had to play there and it just you know, I know he went off injured, didn't he, in the first half, but the balance of the team just wasn't right. And we've seen how much we'd missed Robertson by when he returned in the game against Crystal Palace when he was outstanding. So, you know, I think it's really important for Liverpool to get a, a backup for, for the left back position. Um, you know, as I say, other than that, I mean, a lot depends on who leaves the club. It looks like Lalana's going to leave on a free. Um, Dejan Lovren potentially could leave, but as I say, because of the pandemic, who knows? You might just see the last year of his contract out. Um, you know, there will be a few other players that are available for sale, like maybe Shakiri, Harry Wilson. Uh, Marco Grujic, but as I say, this pandemic's not just affected Liverpool financially, it's affected clubs from all over the world, really. So, players who might have been on the move, like Harry Wilson to Bournemouth, you know, Bournemouth might end up getting relegated, and plus, are they going to be able to afford £25 million now because of the pandemic? Highly unlikely. Um, same with Marco Grujic going to Hertha Berlin. I mean, I think they're meant to have a bit of a rich owner, but. You know, they're going to be in the same boat as other clubs, aren't they? They're being affected financially because of this COVID-19. So I think they're unlikely to be able to spend £20, £25 million pounds on Marco Grudjic. Same with Shaqiri. I think we wanted twenty twenty five for him. And there's talk of Newcastle being interested. Now, if they get their takeover by the Saudis, then yeah, you know that could still happen. But 
like I say, it's I can't see there being loads of business this summer. I mean, you know, you look at Chelsea and people are moaning and saying, well, the pandemic hasn't affected Chelsea because they've signed Zayac, I think, for 25 million, was it? And they signed Timo yeah. Werner for 50. But let's get one thing straight here. They had the transfer ban last year. He sold Eden Hazard for £130 million pounds to Real Madrid. He also received, I think it was about £50 million pounds for Morata. So they've got mm. sale money from players from 12 months ago. And that's the reason why money doesn't seem to be an object for them. Because they're also linked to uh, Kai Havertz as well, which hopefully they won't sign him because I think he's a fantastic player. But, you know, I, I don't think they will get him. But Werner and Zayic are going to improve their squad. There's no doubt about that. But... As I say, they've got the money to spend. They've also got a rich sugar daddy owner in Roman Abramovich. So Liverpool haven't got that, unfortunately. We're owned by a company. We're run like a business. And maybe people don't like that. But, you know, the model, what they, they set out, it's it's working. Because, as I say, we've been to two European Cup finals, won one of them, and now we've won the Premier League. So we can't complain. Let's just enjoy this moment. But also enjoy a special group of players and this, this squad's fantastic. You know, people might say we've only got 16, 17 players. We're a little bit threadbare if we have a few injuries or maybe suspensions as the season goes on. But, you know, Liverpool have coped very well the last couple of seasons. So, you know, there's no complaints from from, from me anyway. Um, but it, it, the only thing I will say, it, we I think it was quite clear that if this pandemic didn't occur, Liverpool probably would have signed Timo Werner the facts are we haven't and he's moved on to pastures new he's going to Chelsea it is what it is but to be honest with you I, I, I think Liverpool's number one target that they really really want is Jaden Sancho from Borussia Dortmund now we've we've seen all the talk laughable reports this week about Manchester United trying to stamp their authority on it saying we won't pay more than £50 million pounds for, for Jaden Sancho now Borussia Dortmund are reportedly what after £120 million for him. Now, they're quite clearly not going to get it when there's a pandemic, but they're also not going to accept that a paltry sum of £50 million from Manchester United either. Now, I'm hoping that maybe if he stays at Dortmund one more season, he'd have one year left on his contract and maybe then next summer he could become a little bit more affordable for Liverpool. If this summer Liverpool decide to keep their powder dry completely and spend literally nothing, then hopefully next year, if Sancho's got one year left on his deal, you might be able to get him for £70, £80 million maybe next summer. That may be a deal Liverpool can do in 12 months' time. That's me hoping, and I, and I know for a fact he's really well-liked. Jürgen Klopp even spoke about him at the weekend, didn't he, saying he'd love him in a red shirt, but it's unlikely to happen this summer. So maybe that's a little bit of an indicator that we've been in his ear, been in his, in his, his agency here to say, look, Liverpool are interested, but let things die down because of this pandemic and we'll be back in in 12 months' time. I don't know, that's just hearsay. That's just something that, me personally, I would love to happen. Hopefully it will do. I think he's a fantastic talent, a really good age, worth every penny, in my opinion. He's going to be a superstar. His stats are fantastic in the Bundesliga. Goals and assists, to me, he'd be the perfect sign of Liverpool. But it certainly won't happen this summer. I'm hoping that it could happen in 12 months' time. But like I say, I think Klopp trusts these young kids. You know, look at Curtis Jones, the confidence, the arrogance he's got about him to score a winning goal as he did in, in an FA Cup 
tie against our, our rivals Everton, you know, when they were full strength, Liverpool had half a team out in front of 55,000 at Anfield, you know, you look at the likes of Nico Williams when he came on against Crystal Palace, fearless, great going forward, I think he can be a little bit suspect defensively, got found out a little bit in the FA Cup game against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, got exposed a little bit defensively, but he's still only young and let's be honest, Trent Alexander-Arnold is, is not the, 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 the finished article, if you like, in terms of his defensible defensive capabilities. He's great going forwards. You know, he's, he's the best attacking right back in world football, but he still can be a little bit suspect defensively. And, and you know, same could, you could say the same for Nico Williams, really, but he's definitely got something about him and he will be integrated a little bit more into the Liverpool setup for next season. Other than that, you know, of course, Harvey Elliott's come with a big reputation. You know, Manchester City reportedly were after him, Real Madrid meant to have showed him round. Um, you know, he, he all the big clubs wanted him and he chose Liverpool because he's a boyhood Liverpool fan and what you've got to remember is he's only just turned 17 back in April, I think it was. So, you know, it's quite remarkable, really. He, he's, he looks brilliant to me. He's got that great composure on the ball, low centre of gravity. Um, he keeps the ball well, passing range is good. You know, he's, he's always looking for, you know, the forward pass probing. You know, as I say, he doesn't look out of place when he plays with these players. To me, I think he's going to be a star as well. So, bright future for Harvey Elliott. But as I say, still only 17, still a boy, still a lot of growing to do. But yeah, you know, Klopp trusts these young kids. He really does. And we've heard all the stories about a couple of years ago. He really loved Ryan Brewster, had high hopes for him. He then suffered a really bad injury, didn't he, which kept him out for almost a year. He's been out on loan, had a little spell on loan, hasn't he, with, with Swansea. I think he's scored in half of his games that he's played for them so far. So he's doing all right. He's cutting his teeth. He's he's showing that he's, he's got something there as well. I mean, me personally, I think he's the type of forward that he needs a partner, though, really, in a 4-4-2. I'm not quite sure he'd shoot the Liverpool set-up a 4-3-3, if I'm being honest, because he's only small and slight. He's not... Like doesn't put himself about enough for me, or he doesn't not the type of centre forward you, you'd be able to play as a lone striker if you get where I'm coming from. I think he'd be more suited to playing with a number ten style player. So mm. I'm not sure Liverpool would change their style to to accommodate him. But as I say, still only really young. Time on his side to develop and learn, and he will be learning all the time. And I think maybe next season, though. He probably will go out on loan again, but I think Klopp will be aiming at getting him a Premier League club rather than a Championship club. The way similar to Harry Wilson, really this season, who's had the opportunity this year to play in the Premier League, and you know he's he's done well. He's took to it like a duck to water. I just don't think Klopp really thinks he's a Liverpool player though, futuristically. But yeah, I think it's going to be a quiet summer. Maybe one or two low value deals. But for me, if it's all geared up to get Jaden Sancho next summer, I'm all for it. Yeah, be very interesting to see. Uh... Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. See what goes on at Anfield this summer. 
Okay then, Joe. We're gonna look a little bit forward towards the the game on on Thursday evening now. So obviously, there's nothing to play for, is there, for either side apart from pride? But do you think Pep Guardiola is gonna pick a, a full strength team for this game and and try and put one over on Liverpool, or do you think he's gonna sort of give one or two per, people a rest, like just Sterling, who who may not want to be. Um, in the eye of the storm, if you like, giving Liverpool a guard of honour, being his previous club, all things considered, and and stuff like that. So, how do you see uh, Pep Guardiola's lineup? Do you see it being in strong at the um, the Etihad on Thursday? I think both teams will absolutely go for it on Thursday. I mean, for you guys, you've got a very good chance of breaking the record, and for us, we don't want you to break the record because we want to keep it. So. I think both teams will really go for it. And I think for us as well, we'll want to prove that despite the gap in the table, we'll want to prove that there there isn't that much between us, which I personally don't think there is as a squad. Um, And I think think we'll absolutely go for it. I mean, it's not like we've got anything we need to rest players for in the the next week or so. We've got, um, you know, we've got the FA Cup semi-finals uh, several weeks away. The Champions League's not till August. So... No, we might as well go for it. We've got a, it's. I think it's our last really difficult league game of the season as well. So, I hope we absolutely go for it. Um, Sterling, you were saying about Sterling with the guard of honour. Now, you he might want to be out the eye of the storm, but that on the other hand, having to give Liverpool a guard of honour after all the you know bad blood there is between the two, that might cause Sterling to kick on. I mean, obviously Sterling was having was on a very bad run of form before the break. He's come back, scored a couple of goals, very good goal at the weekend to, you know, kill off the game at Newcastle. Um, I think that would be I think that would be a perfect game for him to play in, you know. We need um I think we might need something to kick a lot of our players into action. And, you know, it's one thing losing a game quite poorly and it not looking like much. It's another thing having to give well, not our biggest rivals, because obviously that's United, but certainly our closest rivals at the moment in terms of um like go for trophies, that's Liverpool at the moment. And having to give them a guard of honour will really hurt the players. And I hope that it shows in the performance and I hope it shows in, in the club going forward. I think that playing people like Sterling, especially someone who's obviously got a bit of history, will will um, you know encourage him to have one of his better games against you. Because, of course, he doesn't have a great history for doing well against you. Um as well, I think, you know, I, I really want to see Phil Foden play this game. He's scored three goals since the break, uh, since coming back from the break. He took the game against Burnley by the scruff of the neck. Scored two very good goals to get things going. Um, you know, he started in the derby as well before the lockdown. I think this game, he needs to play it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess about. I'd go full strength. I want to see, I want to see uh, De Bruyne and... Um, and Foden playing together, and I want to see Sterling playing. Okay, thanks, Joe, for your uh, thoughts ahead of the game there against uh, Liverpool Thursday. Jay, similar one for you. Obviously, the title's all wrapped up now, like we know, and uh, we're going into this game on, on the back of a four 0 victory against Crystal Palace. Like we've just spoke, like Joe's just said there, you, you've got the guard of honour to think about, haven't you? You've got the potential for Liverpool to to break records in the, in this this current league season. So, with all things put into the mix, do you see Jurgen Klopp choosing to go with, with a full strength side, or do you see us making uh, one or two changes on on Thursday evening? 
I think he'll, he'll go with a full strength side of the players that are fit and available to play. I mean, don't forget before going into the Everton game, Salah and Robertson had hardly trained for a couple of weeks. And yeah, I think they were all ge- getting geared up for the Palace game. And we have had like a week off now, haven't we, technically? But I don't think there's any guarantees that them two will start. I mean, I think they will be okay, but you're still not sure whether they're 100% fit. So Klopp will certainly just, you know, assess, being a, he'll have been assessing the players, won't he, from all the celebrations and to see if, if anyone has got a little niggle or a tweak or they're not 100%. Because there's one thing that you, you wouldn't want to be doing going into a game against Manchester City, and that's playing a player who's 70, 80, even 90% fit. You've got to be on it when you're playing against a team like City because you can get the runarounds because they are that good. Um, hopefully they will be available though. I mean, you know, let's be honest, they're all going to want to go out there and, you know, have a point to prove that we are the champions and they want to play like champions. But the same can be said about Man City. They'd be hurting because to be 23 points behind Liverpool is a massive, massive amount of points. And, you know, if they're going to have to give us a guard of honour, that's a little bit... A little bit humiliating for them, really, in a way, isn't it? Because they know how good they are. You know, they are a fantastic team. Let's make no mistake about that. Take nothing away from them. They've won the league two seasons on the spin before this. They've done the treble last year. They can win three trophies still this season. They're a fantastic football team and they're all obviously massive competitors and great professionals as well. So they won't like it. They'll hurt them actually giving Liverpool a guard of honour. And let's not forget, there's a massive rivalry between these two clubs now that has been for the last couple of seasons and amongst the players as well. And let's not forget the game at Anfield, the incident between Raheem Stale and, and Joe Gomez as well. So th- there is a massive rivalry there. So regardless of Liverpool being champions, regardless of Liverpool, you know, it's all wrapped up, it's done and dusted. And this game means very little, really. If Liverpool get beat, what does it really matter? Because we've still won the league. But this team of Liverpool players and this, the squads that we've got and the manager that we've got, Jürgen Klopp, we want to get the records now. Make no mistake about that. Liverpool are on for the record points tally, record victories. You know, you name it. Liverpool are on for all all the targets that we've got there for the records. So, you know, I'm sure Liverpool will put in in a professional display. And you know, I just hope that the celebrations haven't been so much that you know that they're not really as fit as maybe they should be. I mean, you know, obviously as fans, we celebrated it on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and hopefully the players didn't do that. I mean, yeah, enjoy the moments as they did on Thursday, but you know, if, I'm not too sure whether they, they had a little bit of a gathering maybe on the Friday as well, but you know, as I say, it's one of them things. They've, they've been fantastic this season. They've deserved it. They've deserved to celebrate it and, you know, as I say, hopefully they are still prepared for this game on Thursday because, as I said then, you know, regardless of what happens, you know, it's still a game of football and no one wants to lose to Manchester City because, you know, the rivalry is there between the two teams. So I think Liverpool, you know, as as we know the way Jürgen Klopp is, he's a great professional. So I think Liverpool will be up for this game on Thursday. OK, spot on. Cheers, Jay. Right then, um, what we're going to do now, we'll do our, our score predictions before we we wrap things up. So, obviously, Manchester City are the home side on Thursday evening. So, Joe, do you want to go first with your thoughts on a, a scoreline, your, your predictions and uh, your reasons for them, please, Joe? Well, as you know, I'm usually very negative with these on here, aren't I? Especially when we're playing away. Um, 
I do think that um, there's the possibility of you, like Jay was saying, the celebrations. Maybe they. I don't. I mean, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I think it's possible that they will have they will have taken up much of the weekend for some of the players. While City, obviously, the, there was the very important game at the weekend, and the focus is perhaps there a little more. Um, I also think that just the fact that this because the, the thing is you you guys are on a hiding to nothing because even if you don't beat us you're still in good position to beat the record and you can and there's almost like something fairly satisfying about saying well we lost you and it doesn't matter almost like we did when we had united in the cup semis whereas i think um you know you will we will have been really hurt by how this season's gone i think there'll be a general frustration and i think we could take it out on you and that's why I think we're going to win 3-1. Been optimistic for a change. Yep. Bit of optimism from yourself there, Joe. Like you say, previous podcast, you, you've not been too upbeat on City, but going for a 3-1 victory for, for Manchester City in this one. Yourself. Okay, then, Jay, over to you. Give us your thoughts on a, on a scoreline prediction and your reasons for them as well, please. Yeah, well, as I say, the pressure's off Liverpool now. We can go out and enjoy it. I just you know, wonder how if the players maybe have overindulged a little bit with the celebrations. And if they have, then, you know, so be it. You know, we have as fans, so why why can't they as players? Um, but as I say, you know, there's still, there's still seven games to go and we would like to break these records and we've got to show a professional attitude and I'm sure they will. And because of all things considered about the rivalry that there is between Liverpool and Man City and amongst the players and stuff, and Guardiola and Klopp as well, by the way, um, I just think Liverpool will be on it and we'll be right up for this game and we'll have that little bit of confidence and arrogance about us really about being champions um, and I, I expect it to be a very good game full of goals um, Manchester City as we know fantastic on the ball keep possession really well create a lot of chances but they are very very suspect at the back they can be got at they're not great in the full back areas or centrally for me I think the defence is really poor and it's what's let them down this season I mean scoring goals is not their problem creating chances is not their problem but keeping it out the other, the other end it is the problem to be honest and Liverpool are fantastic aren't they really going forwards and when you think you know Manchester City will probably have the lion's share of possession but that should suit Liverpool really to hit them on the counter attack with Salah and Mane and Firmino you know Liverpool have got, have got the weapons really to caused them a lot of problems but you know as I say Man City a very very good side and I'm quite happy that Sergio Aguero's out for the game because you know he's a thorn in Liverpool's side scored quite a few goals against us in the past at the Etihad and you know he's a very good player I mean that's not to say they haven't got other players who can cause us problems though I mean Raheem Sterling will probably have a point to prove as well won't he as he always tends to against us because of obviously he left Liverpool for City a few years back and you've also got Gabriel Jesus who, who scores goals for, for fun as well really and Mares has been getting his opportunity who I think is a very good player Bernardo Silva is a good footballer as well and Phil Foden will probably get his opportunity as well so you know they have got plenty of players there who can cause Liverpool problems and I just think it'll be a game full of goals and I'm going to go for a Desmond 2-2 Nice <laughs> Good stuff Jay going for a, for a two, 2 score draw in this uh, fixture OK my own thoughts on the game I just think uh, it's, it's going to be another one, another strange game, isn't 
atmosphere, no, no fans in the stadium, which which obviously takes the the shine off the game. But I think both teams are gonna be going at this game full throttle. I think they're both gonna want to get one over it on each other more so Manchester City due due to the uh, the fact of the the position that they're in. But I just think Liverpool can can take confidence from the fact that they are so far ahead of the of Manchester City, the nearest rivals, and the league's been wrapped up with with seven games to go. I think they they can go into this game confidence and and maybe stress a bit of uh, football about that pitch and. Um, like I say, going to it with a lot of confidence. So my uh, my scoreline prediction, I'm going to go with a two-one victory for Liverpool in this fixture. Um, I know Bobby Firmino tends to to like a goal, doesn't he? At the at the Etihad, he scored a few up there previously. So I'm going to pick uh, Bobby as one of me one of me scorers as well in in this game. Right. So. Thanks very much, lads, for joining me. Just before we go, I'll have to do me uh, me, me shout out that I do each time. We we say thanks to the to the lads at the LSE Day Trippers for the editing uh, and putting out all our podcasts on their their platforms. Also, don't forget to keep up to date with the No More Knives campaign run by Paul Bentley and all the people over there doing fantastic things trying to eradicate the um, the knife crime in the Merseyside and, and the surrounding areas. So yeah. Follow Paul on his uh, on his Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Lots of stuff going on with the with the No More Knives campaign, and uh, we've been supporting them from the start, and we will be continuing to do so in the future. So yeah, thanks very much for for joining me tonight, Joe and uh, Jay. Pleasure, mate, as always. Cheers, Joe. No problem, boys. Enjoy the game. I'm sure it'll be a cracker. I hope so. Great stuff. So that's the the Cop Table podcast for the Manchester City versus Liverpool preview all done. We'll possibly be back. We'll have to see, won't we, Jay, between now and the, the Villa game, whether we can squeeze in another podcast, but we'll keep you up to date with, with that one anyway. So thanks, everybody, for taking the time to listen, and uh, we'll speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. The $10 Tastemaker from Pizza Hut. Stuck in traffic? Just think of all the delicious meat and veggie combinations. Whoops, got a little distracted there. Large, up to three toppings, just 10 bucks. No one out pizzas the hut. Deal not available in some locations. Exclusions apply. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.